Before we start this podcast, I want to definitely remind you of a sponsor for Fresh of the Word, 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest. In a world of wrestling where there's hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads, don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. So if you'd like to discuss a possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or even Zubaz, then drop them a line at 20by20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20apparel.com. And also check out their enamel pin line. It's super cool. Fresh is the word. To the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. Like always, we have the freshest of guests for you. The guest for this episode is Rick Spears, author of the YA graphic novel My Riot, recently released via Oni Press. My Riot, created along with the artist Emmett Helen, is a Riot Girl story set in 1981 with its main character, a teenager named Val struggling with finding her own identity while facing pressures of conformity. It's a story about how the countercultures of our society have been very influential to the people that we would become later on. Rick Spears has written numerous graphic novels and comics, including Teenagers from Mars, Black Metal, and Auteur. He's also written for films, television, and directed a handful of award-winning short films. During our conversation, we talked about the making of My Riot, keeping the authenticity of the Riot Girl movement in this story, and how this story relates to the culture now, and why he wanted to tell this story in a specific way, which we'll get into. Uh, before we get into this interview with Rick Spears, um, you know, I'm doing, I'm pushing out this uh, episode a little early this week because of uh, Thanksgiving, but also this is a uh, this week is the five-year anniversary of Fresh of the Word. I w- I've said this before in previous uh, intros that I was going to do something special, but I've literally been so exhausted by life <laughs> with this pandemic and the the election and everything that I'm like, I just didn't want to do anything else. <laughs> I was just like, I'm pretty much done recording interviews for both my podcasts for the rest of the year. Then I'm going to try to take February or December off and come back um, um, after the new year. Um, I might take a l- longer, you know, hiatus with Fresh of the Word, but I'm definitely coming back after, um, you know, in the new year with uh, Renaissance Soul. But uh, it's five years. I've been doing this this podcast for five years. Right now has been the longest like regular streak I've been on since. Since about um, episode seventy, I've I've pretty much not stopped. So I think I might be in. I think I might need to take a break for a little bit, just to, you know, freshen the word a little bit, you know. <laughs> 
but it's five years. You know, thank you to everybody that's been listening, everybody who's been on the show, all the publicists, managers that uh, hooked me up uh, with 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 uh, the people that they're representing. Um, anybody else who's uh, recommended things and people for the podcast. Uh, it's been, you know, a good time. I've definitely used this podcast to, you know, get through my own shit. And I continue will, continually will. Um, definitely want to put more myself into it, you know. And hopefully my stories will help somebody, you know, um, basis, you know. But, you know, five years. We're at, this is, ep- this is uh, episode 236, you know, 236 of these episodes. Man, wow! <laughs> but it's it's been fun, you know. It, it's it started as me wanting to just do a podcast about music and wrestling because that's all I was into at the time five years ago. And then, like, I I threw some MMA in there and brought my uh, my boy V Styles in to talk about that. But then I realized I didn't want to be a part of like the the wrestling or MMA, like, press culture, (laughs) like, I'd rather just be fans of that stuff, you know, you know, I I wouldn't mind having, like, you know, wrestlers or MMA people on still, you know, but I'm not going to try to be a wrestling or MMA podcast, so, you know, after I took a break, um, started going to therapy and stuff like that, (laughs) when I came back, you know, around episode 70, uh, you know, I, I was starting to get more into the, you know, comic books and the convention circuit. So I had a lot of people come in from that, which those people really like those type of people really helped me in regards to finding my own identity in life and stuff. Um, there, you know, I started interviewing, you know, sex educators and stuff like that, authors and stuff like that. And that really helped with, you know, the discussions that need to be made about, sexuality and gender and and you know race and abuse and stuff like that so like I feel like I've been you know there's been some important work that's been done on this you know podcast and then I have like the really stupid you know episodes where I'm like goofing off with like you know Alazualu and stuff like that you know I want to have a balance you know I want to have you know it's Cause that's what's going on in my life, you know. Part of me is like goofy stuff, and then there's other things where I'm like, "Hey, let's talk about some serious things." But that's a, that's a, let's have fun doing it, you know. Like I, I even if we're talking about some serious things, I want to have fun doing it. And I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about myself doing this podcast. It's it's been cool to have my own thing. I want to be able to branch off and do other things with it. Um, I definitely want to be able to promote it more. Uh, I definitely want to like be able to, you know, have more attention to my other podcast, Renaissance Soul, which is about Detroit music history, you know, after the new year, I'm gonna go in a little bit of a more promo mode after the new year. (laughs) And, um, so if anybody's listening to this and, you know, you can do a write-up on a website, or I can be on your podcast, you know, just, you know, holler at me, you know, my, uh, you can just email me at djkfresh at gmail.com, but, uh, you know, thank you for everybody who's been listening for the past five years, um, that's all I really want to say, you know, at this point, I didn't want 
like I said, I was just too exhausted to make a big deal about it. So I just really want to thank everybody. So uh, after a word from our sponsor, you know, we'll get into this interview with Rick Spears and we'll talk about my riot. Pretty good. Pretty good. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Um, I really, uh, I really dig my riot. It's really uh, cool. It's that's like my type of a graphic <laughs> novel because I'm like a music guy. Yeah, and right on. Anytime you can just you know throw like you know <clears throat> some music in there, then like I'm cool. You know, I can really connect to it, and I really connect with this. It kind of there's a lot of things that it kind of intersects in between, like um, you know this girl kind of you know figuring herself out. Um, you know, having this really stressful, uh, you know, be, you know, being a ballerina and, uh, you know, going through all the stress of that while, you know, you know, figuring out these other things that, you know, a young lady goes through. So kind of like, you know, talk about the, you know, the idea of telling this story. Well, let me see. Well, you know, I, you mentioned Teenagers from Mars and that was my first, uh, comic book and graphic novel. And um, and that one, um, just real quick, was based on uh, there was this guy Mike Diana who did this. Uh, it's more of a zine than a comic, really, but it had comics in it called Boiled Angel. And he got in trouble. He got arrested for doing his book, and they like they they took it away from him, and they they he got prosecuted and convicted of obscenity. And like um, and part of his conviction was that he wasn't allowed to draw anymore. He wasn't allowed to make comics. And um, and I was in college at the time, and and a big comic book fan and i just i just thought that was crazy you know i yeah. just thought that was <clears throat> like how is that possible how, how how you know someone's doing comic books and he was the first artist of all art you know that was convicted of obscenity for for comics it just seemed like i don't know that comics were the like they just didn't have any respect in 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 in, in the world at all and in, in the art world as well um and this was, <laughs> this was a little bit before all the marvel movies and everything right but um but yeah, and so I did that book, and in that book, um, the the main character Macon, he sort of like he he sort of forms like a uh, like a it's not not a real terrorist organization, but sort of puts on that sort of almost guise and goes to get his comic book back um, by force, you know, if necessary. And I thought that was a fun idea and sort of sort of wild, and um, and I thought that was cool. And then so you know, a few years later, I was I was reading an interview with Kathleen Hanna. Um, who's who's in uh, Bikini Kill? Yeah, and uh, and and she was, I think it was in Punk Planet, and she was talking about, um, you know, like being radical and and and, and being revolutionary and, and and ways to do that, and that like the sort of like the the guy way, like the the way guys sort of fall into the sort of macho way to do that um, <clears throat> was to like grab a gun and go, you know, take what's yours. You know, and I totally yep. related to that. That's exactly what I had done in Teenagers from Mars. And she made the point that, you know, as soon as you do that, you're you're like a crazy person. You know, you're like, you know, you're going to get killed. You're going to get shot. You're going to get arrested or whatever, you know, and it's it's and, and you it's like a fantasy. Right. I mean, I don't know. These days. Oh, <laughs> like weird. it's but reality, it's, man. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. You, you know, so so, uh, you know. I just thought about that a lot that like, you know, and so she talked about how to be sort of sustainable ways um, to be radical. Yeah. So, you know, I was reading this, this article and, and she was talking about these, these sort of sustainable ways of, of being radical. 
Um, and it was things like, you know, like making zines, you know, and, and doing music and stuff like that. And that was a way to get your voice out there and to be heard um, and to talk about, you know, important things and, and political things, but in a way that was, you know, it, it wasn't just sh shouting at the, at nothing, you know what I mean? It was, you're, you're, you're doing a thing, you're making art, and that was a way that people would hear you, you know, but it was also the kind of thing that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not running around, you know, acting, acting like a crazy person. <laughs> right, right. So that really, I don't know, really, it, it really it really spoke to me um and i felt that you know i sort of done the first version with teenagers from mars that if if, if that would have been a real story like if that had really happened you know it would have probably ended up a different way for making um so so anyway so i was i was sort of interested in sort of doing something again that was sort of a political sort of radical story about how a, a young person a teenager um could sort of could sort of have that in their life you know but in a, in a practical sustainable way you didn't have to and you didn't have to give it up too. like if you if, if you got older and got a job or whatever you could still you know you could still be political and 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 do these things that it wasn't just a phase or anything like that um and so so that's that was sort of the beginning of of the idea um and i think probably because it was the, the kathleen hannah interview you know i started thinking i saw bikini kill um way back in the day and, yeah. and it was one of those shows that was just so it was so good. It was so strong. They were just, they were amazing. And it always sort of stuck with me. You know, I've seen a lot of bands over the years and, and, and some of them, they, they just really stick with you. Um, and so I was just thinking about that a lot. And, um, and yeah, and so that's, that's when I started to, to put that, put the book together, start writing the script. You know, what was yours? Like you kind of mentioned it before, what was sort of like your background with uh, consuming music? You know, when did you start? What were you listening to? You know, what kind of shows were you going to? Yeah, well, I mean, I was always, I mean, music's just always been a part of my life, you know, and, and you know, when I was in high school, um, like music was really, was really how people sort of um, displayed their identity, I yeah. think, you know, so it was like, you know, you meet somebody, one of the early questions, well, you know, what do you, what do you listen to, man? You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, and if they, if they mentioned bands that, um, that you liked, you were like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, I, I think we'll probably get along, you know? And then my favorite is when they mentioned, you know, some bands that you liked and then some stuff you never even heard of. And you're like, all right, I gotta go, uh, I gotta yeah. find out what this is. Um, but I listened to, you know, a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, punk rock and alternative, uh, metal, progressive, electronic i mean i'm sort of sort of all over the place a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yep but, uh, same with me but i mean it's you know if it's if it's good if it if it you know if you feel it if it moves you then then you know that's 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 what works for me now you know i listen to music a lot when i'm writing um and so now i've gotten a lot more into um like soundtracks uh, and sort of like ambient music, electronic music without I, the lyrics can mess me up a little bit. Right. Um, so, so I, you know, much, much more into that kind of thing these days, um, like soundscapes and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> How there, about you? What do you, what do you listen to? Oh, I'm, um, my, you know, my roots are, you know, kind of like into is like the hip hop scenes and everything. But even when I was a little kid, um, like the first uh, music artist I ever loved was Jimi Hendrix, and that that was just he was like my first inspiration, my first teacher, 
you know, I learned a lot about, uh, you know, hum- humanity, even as like a little seven year old through him. And I was, and I was listening to stuff like, you know, Def Leppard is, was my favorite band as a kid, still is my favorite band of all time. Uh, yeah. but then after that, um, you know, when I was a teenager, um, like in the nineties, I was really into hip hop, um, huge, huge, huge in that. And then as I got older, you know, a little bit of everything, um, I, you know, I like a lot of metal stuff, you know, some punk stuff, some hardcore, like, um, pop music and stuff like that. You know, I've, I've met a little bit of everything, but I, I'm like really into, um, discovering new music all the time. Cause I've been a music writer, uh, like journalist. Um, I do a podcast like this, you know, where I'm talking to people. Uh, I do a music, uh, Detroit music history podcast also called Renaissance Soul. Cause I've, you know, always been a part yeah. of the Detroit music scene here. So it's, you know, I'm, it's, it's a little bit of everything, but I still like to, um, I, I like, I like discovering like, you know, more obscure stuff all the time, you know, and, and being, you know, having my dollars go straight to the, you know, the, the artists and know that, that my, my 10 bucks will really help out, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I, uh, man. Yeah. I hear you. And I haven't, you know, I had a kid <laughs> and I yeah. hadn't been going to show, you know, I used to go all the time. Right. And then, and then, you know, you just start working the job and then doing the, doing the family thing and and i hadn't been to a show for like for, i mean i can't even remember it's just it was a long time yeah and um and i like i said i was really getting into um soundtrack stuff right and i also like i like weird movies man i <laughs> right i uh you know so i'm really into like horror movies and you know all kinds of stuff from from europe and all over and uh and and like this guy dario argento if you know him he he does all kinds of these amazing Italian horror films. And he worked with this band called Goblin um, that did the soundtracks for like a ton of his movies. I mean, you know, and it's really this really weird sort of proggy, um, just sort of wild soundtrack stuff. And they were coming, they were going to come to, I live in Richmond, Virginia, and they were going to play in in DC. And there's actually, there's like two different Goblin bands. (laughs) There's one that's like, like most of Goblin, and then there's another off. There's Claudio's Goblins, like an offshoot that's Claudio and, and some other people. Right. But this was like the core group. This was like uh, uh, everybody but Claudio, and um, and they were coming to the 9:30 Club up in DC, and uh, and Zombie was opening for them, and and I hadn't been to a show in so long, and I went up there. I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go. Like you know what I mean? These guys are old. Right. <laughs> they don't tour. I don't think they've toured. Claudio tours a bunch, but the, the, that other goblin version i don't think they've come back since you know and i was like this might be it this might be my only chance uh and so i went up there and saw them and it like it just reminded me like live music and you know it was just it was so loud and just uh, it was wonderful so i've been trying to go to more shows (laughs) right i think like um i mean you know before you know yeah when you start like having a family it's hard to go out to shows and whatnot but I think with, you know, there's kind of like a, like a, a, this kind of full circle that happens. It's like, you know, you, you, you go that 15 years or so, you know, 15, 20 years of raising kids. And then later on, if you still have the energy, you know, you might, you know, might like start doing it again once your kids are, uh, you know, older and stuff, or, you know, even do it with your kids. Like, 
And then like, well, yeah. and that's more, more acceptable than it was maybe in a previous generation or two. Whereas like, um, you had the idea of like, okay, um, I'm a family man now time to put away childish things and stuff like that. <laughs> right. But now it's like a lot more acceptable. And even with like technology and stuff like that, having the internet access to things, you can still be in touch with a lot of the things that, you know, the stuff that you grew up with and, and still like to a certain extent, you know, find things that might excite you. Definitely. Definitely. And it's also like another, it's like another reason why I did the, the my riot book, you know, that, that I wanted <laughs> at some point my kid to like, I could, you know, by the time they're a teenager, I'm going to be the, this weird old dude. And I was like, you know, here, you can read this. <laughs> I used to be cool, man. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was, yeah, look, look, I was kind of cool, you know. I did this, yeah. I did these books, you know. It's... I know what's going on, right? <laughs> like, uh, when when you were, you know, putting together this story, uh, was there anything else um, that you you used for just like informational purposes to kind of make sure that everything was authentic? Well, yeah, definitely. I, um, I did a lot of research, you know, I mean, obviously listen to bands, you know, listen, listen to the music and look at the lyrics and, and stuff like that of all the riot girl bands. And, and then, and then reading, I, I tried to read as much as I could get my hands on. Um, and, and it's great with the internet. There's lots of, you know, interviews and, and, uh, and, and reviews and stuff like that, that you can find online and read up about, uh, the bands and, and, and sort of the principal people that, that were making this music. Um, but then also, I mean, like I was in a band for a hot second, <laughs> not very good, had one show. So like I had sort of that, that sort of to pull from, you know, my own experiences. And then, and my wife had been in ballet. Um, and so that's where like a lot of that had come from. Cause she had told me sort of stories about uh, her experience in, in that field. And so that, you know, that, that gave me that side of it. Um, and then just trying to, you know, just trying to work it, work it all together into a narrative that, you know, sort of, sort of made sense. Um, so, and like I said, at the time, like, you know, there's going to be a father as we're working on it. And, uh, and so that like the parents, her, it was always just going to be about Val and her friends, you know, uh, but, but as I was like thinking more about becoming a parent, her parents became larger characters than I sort of, had imagined initially you know um especially her mom like her her relationship with her mom and her mom uh you know having to sort of let her go yeah uh, and, and let her go off and and be 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 her own her, herself you know and that was that was sort of a surprise when i was working on it but i really like it it's, i always say you know when i talk to people about writing that you know these stories though a lot of times you put your life in it you know whatever you're going through uh at the time when you're working on it and you might not even realize it, but it's just, it's just there. It's just in your, it's just in the mix. And then later when you go back and look at them, they, they sort of take me back to the, my life when I was writing them, you know, and I'll see little, I mean, you know, some of it people might notice, but mostly probably not, but I'll be like, Oh man, that was from, you know, you know, this was from that event or, you know, somebody had said something. And so that, that got put in, but uh, so that's always kind of fun. You know, aside from, you know, like the ballet stories, um, when you were doing like the the research for the other uh, other parts of um, of these characters, 
you know, what were some some of the common themes that you would sort of get out of like the interviews that you would read, like read and listen to and and everything that you were doing in regards to um, prepping for this story that you would end up like putting in this uh, in this graphic novel? Well, I mean, a lot of it was just, well, I guess, you know, the, the biggest thing that I took away from it was the sort of DIY, the do-it-yourself uh, uh, sort of lifestyle, frankly, you know? Yeah. And that really, that really, you know, I mean, especially in Riot Girl, because it was outside, for, for the most part, it was outside of the, the mainstream music industry, you know? And, and, and it was, you know, girls doing punk rock and, and women doing you know rock and roll and stuff and 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 a lot of people sort of didn't really know uh, what to do with it or how to think about it and so you know they were doing their own records and putting them out and their own tapes and doing their own zines and and talking about the things that they wanted to talk about um and that that i really wanted to i mean sort of do that myself because I've, I've i've done that a lot you know uh throughout my career like teenagers from mars was just totally self-published i self-published a lot of my own work um and then but then also putting not just putting that sort of spirit into the book but also sort of talking about how to do it you know so we show them like we show them recording a tape you know and and learning about silk screening to make t-shirts i mean that's you know when you're in a band like t-shirts are like one of the biggest ways to make money you know because you can do different shirts for different tours and, you know, whatever. And, you know, someone might buy your, your record that you put all the work into, you know, but then you can sell them a t-shirt for like 20 bucks or, or three t-shirts, you know what I mean? And, and those are, are sort of easier to produce. Usually you just need an image and it's silkscreen. Yeah. Um, and you can really fund a tour that way. And so we sort of talk about that. We show that a little bit and then, and then just how uh, these women were helping each other out and, and, and then also uh, the zines, the zines come up. We talk about doing zines and stuff. Um, and there's a scene in there where they're, you know, they they sort of make their own tape and they're dubbing them, you know, they're just dubbing them themselves with, with a dual cassette thing. And, and they talk about, does this mean we're published, you know, musicians now? And it's like, yeah, you know, you don't, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't have to be some other company that does it. Right. It's like, you could, you could do it yourself. Um, and, you know, and someone told me a long time ago, they're like, if you can do it yourself, you, you know, no one can take that away from you. Yeah. You know, if someone's like, no, we don't want to publish your book or no, we don't want to put out your record. If you can, if you can put it out yourself, then that's not, you know, then it's not a no, it doesn't stop you. You know, you can go ahead and do it anyway. So that was, that was one of the big, big themes. You know, how, how does sort of like this punk rock, this riot girl culture, you know, parallel, like you're just average young woman trying to just figure, you know, figure themselves out, you know, what can a young girl learn from that culture? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what's, you know, we get into in, in the book a lot. I, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I talked a lot with my editor, you know, beforehand um, that I didn't want to make a book just about a, like a really radical person becoming more radical. You know, I wanted kind of a middle of the road, sort of every woman yeah you, you know like sort of i mean i'm not sure what the right word is but like not boring but you know just just sort of an average um woman you, you know and then and then and then see how she she takes this journey so it's not like you don't you know you don't need something already some people 
you know, they don't do something because they feel, I remember I wanted to go to film school when I was got out of high school, I wanted to go to film school. And, and I looked at, uh, it was NYU and they required a, a portfolio. Well, I didn't have a portfolio. I was a kid, you know, <laughs> and no one tells you that nobody really has a portfolio. You know, you just sort of like the year before or the summer before you like you do what you can and that becomes your portfolio, you know, but because I didn't have a portfolio, I didn't even apply. And that always I always feel like that was a big mistake. I wish like my guidance counselor or somebody would have told me like, no, 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 no. If this is what you want to do. Don't don't let this stop you. You know, so I wanted Val to be. That, that pretty much anybody could pick up that book and, and feel a little bit like Val, you know, that it wasn't like she was already super cool and, and there'd be some barrier, you know, to being like her, but I wanted her kind of sort of average, you know, and then, and then we see how she takes, takes that journey. And so, you know, that, that would be, you know, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore, but <laughs> no, no, I feel what you're saying. There was some point. No, like, and then, as you'll see, you know, she goes through this journey, and in the end, it's just like you see, like that. And a lot of times in this culture, that uh, you know, just that regular way where people kind of go different places, and mm-hmm. but that time is just still with with her and yeah. makes her the person that she is. Well, yeah, and I, I had really strong feelings about the sort of end of the book. I don't, I don't give anything away, but I didn't want her to like just end up with a guy, you know, like that, that, you know, that, that made it all whatever. Like I wanted her to, to be able to stand on her own two feet and just be herself and be able to carry these things, you know, cause I think of teenagers, it's like this, this kind of magical time, right? Like you're not an adult yet. You don't have the sort of full weight and responsibility of being an adult. Um, and you're not a kid anymore. You're not a child. You know, you're, you're able to sort of access the larger world on your own, but you still, have a bit of that like magical belief you know that anything's possible that that you just you still have that hmm, i'm not sure what it is but that that childlike quality that a lot of adults you know they lose and sometimes they lose it pretty fast it's so depressing to me (laughs) and so i was you know i wanted to show someone hang on to some of that you know so when she reaches you know, the, the end of the book, we see her, you know, sort of as an adult and she's in, in the world, but she's in it on, on her terms and she's living the way she wants to live. Um, and that was always real important to me. You know, for my riot, um, you, you know, how did you, you know, what was the sort of like the game plan in regards to the art to fit this uh, situation, to fit this story? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Emmett Hallen's the ones that is uh, the artist on this book. Um, like what was sort of the, you know, how, how did you want the art to complement the story? That's a good question. I, you know, a lot of my other books, I had always found, uh, the artist myself. Um, and I was trying, I was trying to change it up and, and do something a little different, um, and do something different with the art. And so I talked to Oni, the publisher, Oni Press about, you know, Hey, let's try to find somebody. Let's try to find someone, you know, new and young and fresh and exciting and um and they i believe if i understand correctly emmett was at uh, heroes con which is in uh, north carolina and charlotte and uh oh, it's a great it's a really good con it's always one of my favorite ones um and oni was there uh that year and they had uh, like a portfolio review you know that so i don't know 
you know, what you or your audience knows about like comics and stuff. But, um, you know, as a writer, you can, you know, write a pitch and write a story and sort of, you know, meet editors and, and sort of pitch your material. But for, for artists, it's a little different because you have to like the writer gets hired for the, the work that they're doing, they're, that they're pitching. Um, but the art, you sort of have to make a calculation. You have to say, OK, this is the work they've done before you know and then you have to sort of imagine what they'll be able to do on this story and and sort of you know because you you hire them and then they get to work you know yes you're hiring them for more on their past work uh anyway Emmett did the um they did a portfolio review with Oni Press and and they really hit it off and everybody uh liked their work and uh Oni brought the uh, M stuff to me and I checked it out and I was like, yeah, this is, this is fun, you know? Um, and so Emma and I started talking a bunch about it. Uh, and I would send them, uh, uh, oh, what am I thinking? <laughs> Reference material. Yeah. I don't know why that word was hard, but like, you know, so like lots of pictures of like, uh, from Riot Girl shows and, you know, um, um, the nineties and, and stuff like that. Um, and then M, M did a bunch of samples um, and they were great. They were so good, you know, and there was, they were doing stuff where um, when they got into the music scenes, it was more, it was sort of more rough, especially when the songs were rough. Yeah. You know, and then there, and then there are other places where they are sort of tightened up more as, as other things tightened up. And I just, I love that idea of, of, of not just drawing what's on the script, you know, but really, thinking about it and interpreting um, both the, the dramatic content, but also the sort of meaning, you know, behind it. Uh, and, and, and Emma just, I'm very fortunate. I was very, very lucky to, to meet them and work with them. And um, yeah, I'm, so I'm super, super happy with the art. Yeah. I love the use of color throughout the, um, yeah. the story. Um, you know, depending on like the mood or, you know, what's going on, the, the scene, um, yeah. it really kind of uh, brings out, you know, the deep meaning of it. Yeah. Again, all, all, all in it. I mean, we, we, we sort of talk about it and talk about it with the editor uh, and, 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 and they just had a bunch of ideas and, uh, you know, I, I got to just sit back and, and watch sort of <laughs> sort of work out so, so well. You know, what's, you know, what do you hope, you know, people get out of uh, reading My Riot? I mean, I hope, well, first and foremost, I, I just hope that it's a good story. You, you, you know, that, that people um, can just take a break from the wider world. And, uh, and just, I mean, reading is just one of my absolute favorite things. Uh, and just to sort of sit there and, and go into the story and sort of get lost in it and, you know, my hope is also that, you know, that it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's a story sort of over here on one side and then art on the other side, but that it all comes together and it's sort of seamless, almost like it was made by one person. Um, and that you just that you, it, it's just a believable uh, uh, world that you enter for a little bit. And, that, and then when it's over, you know, maybe you hope hope there'd be more, you know, <laughs> you can go back. Um, and if you grew up in the 90s or just thought the nineties were cool or whatever that, uh, that you sort of get to taste that again, you know, that we, I, I feel really good that we, we got that sort of vibe. Right. Um, and then also, you know, bring some, some radicalness into your life, you know, and, and maybe, you know, I, everybody does something, you know what I mean? It's, if it's a, 
the job or the hobby or, or whatever. But I think, you know, most people, um, you know, either, either do some sort of art like music or drawing or painting or something like that, you know, yeah. um, even if it's, I mean, you don't have to write songs always, but, but just, just playing the guitar or, or, or something. Um, yeah. So. Is there like being that we're in this pandemic right now, we're also, you know, in the middle of another civil rights movement with Black Lives Matter, and that's yeah. that's fanned yeah. the flames into other, you know, civil rights uh, in regards, along with their, you know, th- things going on in the government in regards to yeah. women's issues and their reproductive rights. There's a lot yeah. of things that um that that in the story, you know, she's going through in regards to. Uh, you know, her weight, her look, um, being, you know, growing up, you know, what, you know, how, you know, is there any deeper meaning now with this, uh, with this story as a lot of those, you know, social issues are really, you know, intense these days? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, it's sort of like the books become very timely. Um, and you know, it's, I mean, you just, yeah, you just look around and it's so, it's so frustrating. And so um, it just, it's just sort of out of control, you know? And you're like, man, how do we, how did we get here? Um, and, but I still fall back on, uh, you know, what I had said sort of at the beginning about, you know, how do you, how are you political and how are you sort of radical in your life in a sustainable way? Because, you know, even after the election, um, you know, hopefully we get a new president, but that doesn't mean any of these issues are going away. Right. You know, it's just going to be that, that, that dude will be put to the side, but I mean, there's just, they're very big issues um, to deal with, you know? And if, and if, if everyone just shouts at each other and, and wants to like, you know, shake guns at each other or even shoot at each other, God forbid, you know, it's, it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse, you know? And I think that like, you, you know, we need to be able to communicate and we need to be able to talk about this stuff. I think music and comics and art is, is a great way to sort of get, I mean, you look at the, you know, in the sixties, the music was such a big part yeah. of, of what they were doing then because you know, if someone's like, man, I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to listen to what you say because I disagree with you politically. But if you put it inside a catchy song, <laughs> sometimes, you know what I, I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's like so, it's sort of surprisingly simple that all of a sudden the, the, the other person's defenses come down, right? Because you've got a, a catchy tune. And then and the next thing you know, they're hearing these words that they couldn't hear before. And, and then maybe they go, oh wait a minute man like i see what they're saying you know what i mean and like you know and also you know songs they speak truth to power um i think you know i I put it in the book you know someone i think it was joe strummer from the class said you know all you need to write a good song is three chords and the truth and i think the truth is is the important part you know we need to get back to sort of honesty and, and and truth um not lies (laughs) so you know i mean and there's literally you know people are rioting now you know this is this is 
there's a lot of work to be done. Um, you know, if I'd known what would be going on, I, I would have done the book a little differently, I think. <laughs> you know, I probably would have spoken more about race. I mean, I would definitely have spoken more about race um, in it. That's that's the one thing if I could change. Uh, I, I would have I would have done more on that side. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's sort of a crazy time. And I think, you know, I don't know. I wish I had the answer. I tell you. <laughs> But but I think that you just got to keep, you know, keep the pressure on, um, you know, keep speaking the truth, especially to power, uh, to hold people accountable and uh, and to vote for crying out loud. <laughs> right. When you were, you know, when you were writing this this book, you know, did you have anybody sort of to turn to to look over, um, you know, what you had written to make sure that you're not putting too much of like a man's point of view into these women characters? Well, that, yeah, I mean, that was a big, big, big concern. Um, because, and, and, you know, I've, I, you know, I just, there's, you know, there's representation, which is so important, you know, but then there's also appropriation. Yeah. Um, and, and I was, you know, and I, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know where exactly I came down. Uh, through there, I was trying to thread the needle of, of do a strong book, uh, you know, about women um, without, without taking too much, I hope. Um, and that's why, like, you know, when we talk about it, it's like, it happens sort of within the Riot Girl scene, but I wasn't trying to like, make this, this is the Riot Girl book. Like, this is the only one there. Like, I hope, <laughs> my hope would be that there, there'd be more, especially by women. Um you know, more uh, uh, stories from this time, because there's plenty of stories, you know. Um, so I definitely, I worked with my editors, uh, who are both women, and then I work, my wife always, always reads everything I do first. Um, and, and so, you know, I very sensitive and, and tried to be um, just as respectful and honest as possible. And, uh, and, and so far, you know, we've, we've had a bunch of reviews come in and, and people seem to be, you know, really, really into it and, 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 um, and seeing what we were trying to do. Um, and so that, you know, that, that makes me feel good. If, you know, if anyone was like, Hey, you know, what's up, man, what's this guy <laughs> <laughs> writing this story? I, you know, I'd be like, I, okay, right. Like, you know what I mean? Like anything someone would have to say, I mean, you know, I would, I would listen to and try to, um, try to hear what they're saying and, and take into, into, you know, whatever I do next. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a tricky thing because um, I don't want to just write stories about just like white dudes, you, you know, and I don't, right. I don't think, you know, but at the same time, I don't want to take up space. that's um, not mine, yeah. you know, the, the, and so it's, it's, um, it's, it's tough. And I, I sort of, I don't know, I, I'd rather be, I don't know. I'd rather fail trying to do the right thing, I guess. <laughs> than, <laughs> you know, so you. anyway, so I'm, I'm sensitive. I'm sensitive to that critique. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was all, it was all done with, with as much respect and as in care as we could do. And, and um, you know, so we'll, we'll, I guess we'll see <laughs> what the verdict ultimately <laughs> is, but so far people, they really seem to be, um, enjoying it, you know, and, uh, yeah. 
outside of you know outside of this book you know is there anything else that you're working on or anything else that you kind of are you know juggling your in your head that you would like to do in the future well yeah i um i did another uh comic that's been collected called the auteur um that's about the sort of berserk hollywood movie producer um and we we sold that to uh, to be a tv show um so i've been working on that right now um Taika Watiti um, is 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 writing on it and directing some episodes, and Jude Law is going to play um, uh, Nathan Rex, the uh, auteur, and it's going to be on Showtime. I mean, pandemics happened, so <laughs> sort right. of monkeyed the schedule a wee bit, but um, but that's been that's been real exciting. That's been something I've been working. On. I mean, I mentioned you know wanting to go to film school. I did end up going to film school, not in New York, but here in Virginia at um, Virginia Commonwealth University. And so, you know, doing film and doing um, television is something that I've I've been working towards uh, as well. So it's sort of exciting to be to be doing that. And then I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to write new stuff, but it's hard right now. I mean, to keep your mind um, clean and focused uh, is tough with so many things going on right now that um, sort of crush (laughs) my ability to to be calm and <laughs> to think <Right>. clearly. <laughs> I mean, it's just a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress and worry. And I mean, you know, it's funny, like I'll call my friends or we'll zoom or something and everyone's like, how you doing? And everyone sort of pauses like, well, I mean, like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> like, I know, fine? man. You're like, it's uh, totally as you're like, I'm, I'm dealing with it. I'm, I'm right. <laughs> Right. It's like, kind of feel like crap, man. And like, like I don't know when that's going to end, but, um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, uh, and, and very anxious about the election and I'll be real happy, um, when that is, has resolved and hopefully, um, hopefully we get that guy out of there and then, uh, and he goes and I feel like that'll be, you know, sort of step one and then get this, you know, get the virus sort of, you know, dealt with and uh but yeah it's a weird it's a really weird time um so i'm trying <laughs> that's all you can do these days is try oh seriously so, just, how about you are you hanging in <laughs> i'm you know i'm just uh doing the best that i can um you know i work my day job from home which i'm 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 glad so i wasn't without a job um then just doing my podcasts and um, um, trying not to spend too much money on records, like <laughs> yeah, I know that one. <laughs> like my rec- like my record buying habit this summer has been like, like it's been kind of crazy. And sometimes like I'd be like, "All right, chill, man, chill," <laughs> because I keep on yeah. like because because of like this podcast and then my Detroit music podcast, I keep on doing like more research on things that I never came across. So I'm like right. finding new stuff like, and I'm like, Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> so like, like buying records has been like my, my calm of like the pandemic. I know. I, know. I it's like, I was like, wait a minute. Retail therapy is not covered by the insurance. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I wish but, I could get yeah. a rebate for that, man. Whew. I know. I know. <laughs> here's all my records. Here's here's all my record purchases. Can I get a little bit of that money back? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so good. 
<laughs> you're like, we'll cover 20%. I'd be like, yes. <laughs> like, I'd be happy with that. You're like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I would be happy with that. <laughs> see, my thing is, is also space. I just don't have room for anything anymore. I'm just like, oh, God, where am I going to put all this stuff? Yeah, yeah, and I'm doing a little bit of that too. I'm like, look, going through my collection of things, you know, records and other. I'm like, all right, what can I get rid of too? What, what am I, what am I not really, like, do I really need to own this? And I'm sure there's, there's somebody out there that will appreciate it a lot more than I will. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, we've got, I, (laughs) I got all these like DVDs, right? And I was just, I was like, I can't, I gotta get rid of some of this stuff. I don't, I don't need Spider-Man three anymore, man. I'm just, I'm cool. And, uh, and, and so I had like, it was garbage bags, like full of stuff, you know? Yeah. And I took it to the, we got this cool thrift store here called diversity thrift. And I like, and they have like a no contact thing. You just drop it off and go. And I was like, great. And I followed them online on like Facebook or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> they had a thing. It was like the next weekend. They're like, if you made any purchase at diversity thrift, you can get a free DVD. And I was like, I think that's me. <laughs> I think they were like, what are we going to do with all these DVDs that nobody wants? You know? And they're like, we'll just give them away. If you buy something, you can just you can pick one out. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I broke the thrift store. It's not good. Well, see, I mean, all right, that's cool. I mean, at least, <laughs> at least, you know, they might get a, a good home. Yeah, I mean, I hope, I mean, it was, it's, you know, it's pretty good stuff. I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know why I have all this stuff, but. And I got a lot of comics too, boy. <laughs> man. All right, man. It's been good talking with you, man. Um, you know, I dig, um, you know, my riots. Um, where Thank can you. people go online to get more information about what you're up to and about the the new graphic novel? You know, if you have a local bookstore or comic book store, that's like a great place. They can always order it. At, uh, you know, comic book stores you can order this Diamond Catalog, and Only yep. Press is the publisher. Um, but it's also available, you know, at Amazon, of course, and through the publisher, Oni Press, they have a like a sales thing on their website. Um, so, yeah, you know, the book comes out in October and I hope you check it out. Uh, I hope they I hope they like it. Thank you for listening to the Fresh of the Word podcast hosted and produced by myself, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier, empowered by Anchor at anchor.fm slash Fresh of the Word. Fresh of the Word theme music provided by Steve O. You can find more of his productions at imstevo.bandcamp.com, and that's E-Y-E-A-M-S-T-E-V-E-O.bandcamp.com. Fresh of the Word is available on all major streaming platforms. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you want to support Fresh of the Word, please consider pledging via Patreon at patreon.com slash fresh of the word. Follow Fresh of the Word on social media on Twitter at Fresh of the Pod, on Instagram at Fresh of the Word Podcast, and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fresh the Word. For more information about Fresh of the Word and our other podcasts, Breaking Records and Renaissance Soul, and a collection of pop culture articles and reviews, please visit freshofthepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and your support. Goodbye and good night. Fresh is the word.